It's Most Things Kenobi, an elegant podcast for a more civilized fandom. Hmm. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Most Things Kenobi, a podcast about Obi-Wan Kenobi and all things Star Wars. I'm your host, Lauren. And I'm your host, Leanne. And this week, we are talking about some Ventress. We are going to talk about the Clone Wars episode called Night Sisters. We're going to do the arc, which I believe is three episodes. And today, we are talking about the first one. And I had kind of forgotten about this one. <laughs> I forgot how depressing it is. <laughs> it is. It's really dark. It's sad. And Ventress's story is sad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It lays out how unfortunate... Ventress's path has been since day one. Yeah, like beyond her control. Yeah. Just a story of abandonment and loss and just not knowing where she fits in in this grand scheme of things. And we can all kind of sympathize with that mm-hmm. a little bit. Like, I, I'm pretty sure if you're human, you felt a little left out somewhere or like yeah. it didn't fit in somehow. And I, I feel for her. I feel for her, and I feel for her in this episode, and I feel for all of her night sisters. I do too. I think it's interesting the way Star Wars will take a character and introduce them to you as a villain, and you'll hate them, and you'll be afraid of them, and then if you stick with it long enough, you'll start to sympathize with them, or at least yes, feel a little sorry for them, or understand them a little more, and. I find that interesting that they can do that because, I mean, Ventress, especially if you go all the way back to the original, what was it, 2000, 2003, 2006? Oh, God, that thing. Yeah, like, <laughs> she's in that, and she's very one-dimensional. You know, yeah. She's just full of anger and trying to kill Anakin, basically, the whole time. Yeah, yes, correct. And so the fact that they've really developed her yeah you're right because i can think of at least three quote-unquote villains in star wars that i ended up really enjoying and mm-hmm. sympathizing with kylo yeah. ren is like the number one yeah. slash ben solo and savage i feel sorry for him he does yeah terrible things but again like literally it was ventress maul and savage they were just manipulated or that's it. taken away from their families like in doing research about this i learned more about maul which was really sad <laughs> yeah he's been he's been handed over and tossed around and left behind and double double what is it double crossed <laughs> yeah yeah well and mother talzin's at the middle of all of it yeah she kind of is yep she is yep so that's why I, I like her because she's interesting, but I also kind of feel like, I don't know how to describe it. It's it's like I don't trust her, but also I kind of think I don't like her, but I'm not sure because we don't have any real truth from her. She just, I don't know. I feel like whenever she's talking, I'm not sure if you can trust a word she says, basically. Well, she has two distinct faces in this episode because... She welcomes Ventress back wholeheartedly mm-hmm. and then basically pieces out at the end, right? <laughs> like, she just is like, 
I'm out. And, and Ventress is le- literally pleading with her, don't leave me. Yeah. It's so sad. <laughs> it's so sad. Well, I guess to start off, the very beginning of the episode, Dooku is in his palace on Sereno, yes. I think. And then uh, Sidious appears and says, you know, your apprentice is awfully strong. And I think it's time for you to kill her. <laughs> it's time for her to go. She's yeah. got to go. Again. Which fuck Sidious again. Yeah. God. But Dooku surprises me because he kind of pushes back, which he doesn't mm-hmm. normally do. And he says, she's she's quite important to me. And that makes Sidious even more like, prove your loyalty and kill her right now. Which, I, I can't stand that. Yeah. I, I just... Uh, it This happened to Dooku in Tales of the Jedi. I know. <laughs> so it's just... Can you not see this pattern? I, they don't really have a choice. They're so manipulated, so manipulated. Yeah, I, I, all of them, by the yeah. linchpin, the keystone, which is Darth Sidious. Yeah, it's what? really, really terrible. <laughs> it's what was Dooku thinking? What's gonna happen? I mean, we have a whole episode on the Sith code, and the you know yeah. there could only be two basically, and like the whole thing is if you're the master, your apprentice is kind of always trying to overthrow you, and it's this power struggle nonstop. Oh, it's not so exhausting. <laughs> it really is, but it keeps them busy. You know, these evil people that they, they just stay busy doing evil things, being evil people. I just uh, the 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 amount of trauma f- is like worse at the bottom from yeah. these three. Yeah, like they're Sidious manipulating Dooku, manipulating Ventress, and Ventress is the one who suffers the most. Yeah, out of all of them. And they, it's if you think about like why did Dooku turn to Sidious? It was because all these things started piling up. You know, and he he just couldn't stand the hypocrisy anymore of the Jedi. But Ventress, she just kept having, like, the rug pulled out from under her. She was... Yeah. We see later, when she goes back to Dathomir in this episode, she has, like, a vision of her past. So we see she was given away as a slave, taken from her mother by Mother Talzin and given away as a slave. And then that slave owner dies and... Ventress is discovered by a Jedi Master who I can't remember his name anymore. I know. I, I We've talked about him, though, and I can't remember. We did. I think we did an episode about Ventress where we've kind of dug a little deeper into all this. But No offense to the dead Jedi. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. But she's on a path, and they're stranded. I forget. They got stranded on this planet together, and so he starts to teach her. He sees she has the Force, and then he dies, and in her rage she kills all the pirates and bad people that killed her master and then goes to dooku seeking something like she just needs guidance she needs something to fill the hole in her heart and dooku just takes advantage of that how nice i mean honestly it's just (laughs) off i mean do we know the exact moment she went to dooku because i can't i can't quite remember 
if we I do don't know if it's shown in It's just implied, right? It's Unless a, there's they a comic show out her, there. They show her kneeling in front of Dooku in Clone Wars and then I don't know if there's a moment in the original like 2D Clone Wars but maybe it's in a comic somewhere, but I've never okay. read it or seen it myself personally. Okay. Cuz I would like to know how that in, that conversation took place. And how did she find him? Yeah. Or did he find yeah, her? Strange. Who knows? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. But can we just talk a little bit about Dooku's palace? Because I fucking love it. Yes, please. <laughs> and can we also talk about his pajamas? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry to bring it up so soon in the episode discussion here. But <laughs> I was really admiring when I was watching back uh-huh. the silk you know, uh, Hugh Hefner. Yes, yeah, it's like a smoking jacket. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's very sophisticated. And how he sleeps is like a corpse. <laughs> no, can we also just point out that no one in Star Wars sleeps under a blanket except Padme Amidala? <laughs> yes, she was the only smart one. But <laughs> the fact that he just lays there like that, it's just like, you know. You couldn't have him on his side or something more human, like... No, Less... he's even sleeping. He's rigid as a board. So yeah, yeah. I guess I would like to know that conversation as well. If they're all sitting around, like, hmm, how should we illustrate him on this bed? You know what? Like a board, like a corpse, like a resting patient. I don't know. It was. I always it was funny. Make myself laugh when I think about characters like that who are so proper and uptight. It's like, what's it like when he's getting ready for bed? Yes. Yes. He has to put beard oil in that beard. (laughs) That's my guess. I bet he like places his slippers like just perfectly, like right next to the bed. Yes. Perfectly. (laughs) Anyway, I I, I saw that and I was, I like paused for a minute just to, just to admire the pajamas. And I was like, I don't think we've ever talked about Dooku's pajamas. (laughs) We haven't. I guarantee you they're silk. Oh, like yeah, probably pure mm-hmm. silk or whatever the f- version of silk is in the in the Star Wars galaxy. <laughs> yeah, him and Padme shop at the same store. Now that I think about it, because her blue nightgown that's like gorgeous and yeah, covered completely... in pearls. Yeah, that's not functional. You can't sleep in that. Pearls would miserable. hurt. It would. Yeah. It would be so uncomfortable, especially on your shoulders where there's like no fat at all. Mm-mm. Anyway, rolling right onto the bone. <laughs> yes. They just... <laughs> They shop at the same pajama uh, shop. <laughs> yeah. Instead of Victoria's Secret, it's, it's Dooku's Secret. <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> Sorry. Oh my God. I've always thought that the they show the palace kind of from far away and like the big tall oblong thing. Yeah. Whatever. I always thought it looked like Eve from Wally. Oh, I thought it looked like the gherkin in London, <laughs> which also looks like, listen, I haven't seen, I can't watch Wally. I can't. Yeah. I can't even look at him without feeling Aww. like with an urge to cry. But I know who you're talking about. The white, yeah. the white hovering yes. thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. The little robot lady. <laughs> yes. And I think it's Eve, unless it's Eva, but I thought it was Eve. But side no, nope. yes. this does tie into yeah. Star Wars. Wally is voiced by Ben Burt. So oh. It's probably like how he makes the R2-D2 sound Sure. Effect. I don't think it's his oh, voice. Oh, how interesting. Yeah, I thought that was, I, I was like, what? 
I didn't know that. That's interesting. So it does huh. tie in. It relates. <laughs> it does. Okay, so Ventress uh, gets a death threat on Sidious yep. is ready for her to die. She's fighting yep. Anakin and Obi-Wan in a... Which I love. Like a space battle. It's so reminiscent of Revenge of the Sith at the during yeah. that. It's so fun. Yep. I wish we had more between Anakin and Ventress because allegedly Ventress is who gave him that scar. Yeah, that's... I guess they kind of imply it in the 2000... I can't remember. 2003, 2006. My brain is yeah. failing me right now. But the, the original yeah, yeah. micro the series. old. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, there's a legendary lightsaber battle between them and that that's pretty cool but i yeah but i wish there was more i do too because i love the line where obi-wan's like ventress you're not looking well and anakin's like she never does yeah that it's true though i mean i I shouldn't say that she she always looks a certain way leading up to when she kind of loosens up a little bit (laughs) yeah and she grows her hair out and stuff so yeah you know when we get to like dark disciple time and right. unfinished Clone Wars time and all that. Which is so. so cool. I love that look of hers with the, like, undercut, basically. She had that before it was cool. She did, yeah. The undercut. side, The side buzz and all that. Like, yes. Kudos she to her. Awesome. There's one of my favorite Obi-Wan moments, too, in this episode. It's so yeah. short, but it's after he crash lands into the hangar, and he can't get the canopy off of his um, star fighter yeah. and it yes. catches on fire and he pops yeah. it open and r2 just sprays him in the face with the fire extinguisher and he's he like trying to help he did and obi-wan's like that ah, that's enough thank you yeah <laughs> he's ready to go right there with all the things that he sprays i know i love r2 so it much was so funny uh but she um so she's like very badly injured and still fights obi-wan and anakin and Kind of kicks their yeah. ass a bit. Yeah, she's she's a formidable opponent. Yeah, and she's so angry. By this time, I think she already knows Dooku's not coming to help her. She asks him yeah. to come save her, which I thought was even a little unusual. So she must have been, like, very hurt. Yeah. And he tells her, no, you're going to die. And the look in her face is just absolutely heartbreaking. Yeah, the it, fact they can they can do it with animation. That's, that's really yeah. something. Yeah. God, I know. I know. It hurts. (laughs) Well, there's the... She's basically force choking them to death. Like, she's gonna kill them. She's so angry. And then I think the ship starts to explode. So they all, like, drop it and run their separate ways. But... Yes. She... She kind of escapes in her damaged ship and gets found by Junkers, who take her onto their ship, which has a Tusken Raider on the tail fin, by the way. (laughs) Oh, nice pickup. Which I thought was kind of cool. But when she wakes up, she kills them all and steals their ship. Yeah, I mean, you got to do what you got to do when you wake up and you're somewhere you can't remember how you got there. You're like, you know what? I'll just kill everybody. (laughs) That's her thing, though. That's her go-to. Yeah, clean slate. Now you can just start what you need to do. (laughs) I mean, she's literally killed a clone and kissed him. Yeah. Like. Yeah. She's ruthless when she needs to be. She really is. She was a cute baby, though. 
my god, I know. A little, little, little tiny bald baby. Like I know babies are usually bald, but like they are. Well, some are. Some. My sister had a full head of hair when she did. Was she? Born. Yeah, Lucky. I was bald though. <laughs> I was pretty bald. I had I had no eyebrows, which I've made up for in my time. <laughs> yep. Yep. Anyway, <laughs> side tangent. But she's a cute baby. I feel bad she's because so all of this led to her anger. That's why I'm thinking of it. Yeah, you know, she's so angry and defensive all the time, or at least offensive, maybe. No, she, she's defensive. She's both, man. Like she's just ready for a fight always. Yeah, maybe. The, and, yeah, that's a better way of putting it. But she also knows that she can handle it if she starts a fight. That's true. So that's true. <sighs> I don't know. She's I really feel, good. Now that she, I think about it, she she's is. A really and good I fighter. feel like. From here forward, she's even better. Yep. Because she was... she doesn't have the tethers from before. Yes. Yeah. And, and like, at a certain point, she decides the rules she's living by. And that gives her... I think she's calmer when she deals with people. And that's why yeah. she's more deadly. Because she's not so, like, blocked by her emotions. It's a really interesting development that she goes through. It kind of goes back to her Jedi side, her Jedi yeah. training. It's almost like she reverts back out of the emotional, yeah, I don't know, the, the emotional tornado that she's constantly in and then <laughs> yeah. kind of exits that and she's calmer and more in control and more powerful as a result. Yeah. And that's, I'd like to do an episode sometime about dark Jedi because I think she is one. Because we, mm -hmm. we talked about the gray Jedi, which is one thing, but then there are dark Jedi, and it's like, they're not Sith, necessarily, and they're not Jedi, So they're and but they're not gray Jedi either. They are, like, their own thing. Right. So. Yeah, it's a, Balin is now considered a dark Jedi, right? Or they're, they're considering oh, him? I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think they're very interesting. I do, too. They, they, they're a whole different, yeah, we'll have to do an episode. They're a total, they're in a class of their own. Yeah. I would be friends with one. They could I be think. interesting. I, I really like Balin. Yeah, me too, but you'd have to watch your back. You Because if you no longer are part of their plan, you could yeah, be expendable. Bye-bye. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's very interesting. Ugh. So she goes to Dathomir, and I think this is the first time we see it in Clone Wars. I think it might yeah. have been referenced. I think it was referenced in a book. About mm -hmm. Princess Leia, like the original Ooh. Princess Leia and Han romantic legends novel, I think is where it was first mentioned. But I we never read that book. I didn't the either. The courtship, is yeah, that the I one think you're so. Talking about? Yeah, I get that mixed up with the the new one, which I is that the Princess and the Scoundrel, the one that Beth Revis wrote. I get it mixed up with yeah. the old one, whatever that was. But um, so it's the first time we see it, and it's super. Super cool. <laughs> it is. It really is. And I, it, remember the Halloween, the spooky episode where I was talking about how they had decorations at one of the theme parks and they're like sacks. Yes. That were hanging, but it was like spider egg sacks. But that's literally what like these Night Sisters come out of. <laughs> yes. And it's, it's how they bury their dead. Basically. It's crazy. It's so insane. That is, I mean, that planet is visually awesome yeah because there's nothing like it with the mist and the red and the dark and the yeah. you know all this stuff and those weird trees and <laughs> and you know mother talzin on her own and her palace 
and yes. like her powers. It's the first time we get witch in Star Wars. I know. It's so cool. Yeah. I I I have a bit of a gripe about it, honestly, because they're evil witches and like if you know anything about the history of like witch yeah, hunting. You're right. That's, yeah, no. That's sad because it is. Those women who were burned and strangled to death weren't actually witches. They weren't evil. They were just regular people. But we're just perpetuating the idea of evil witches. But it is still cool. (laughs) I don't think... Are they really evil not to each other? I mean, if you read about it in Wikipedia, yeah, they're considered dark side users. That's too bad because... Yeah. Yeah, I guess guess so, yeah. They're they're dark-sided, but... They have a family. They have a, a familial unit. They bond together. And when Ventress loses him, yeah, there goes another hole in her life. I know. What, blown wide open, you know? It's so sad. But there's some cool stuff I, I noticed, which I never had noticed before. Or at least it Do didn't tell. register before. So yeah. when she's walking into the temple after Mother Talzin recognizes her, I guess actually she's just walking up to it. That's when we we first see it. The temple is made up of caryatids, which are statues of women who hold... Oh. The, they are like a an alternative to a pillar, and it was used gotcha. a lot in like Greek... Um, architecture and it's the women who they they might have their hands up in this one i think they have their hands up but sometimes the building rests right on the top of their head and i thought that was an interesting choice because caryatids are very specific references but they're used now like they're actually used on the museum of science and industry here in chicago nice and they there's no like real definition and there's no like What's the word I'm looking for? Um, consensus on exactly mm-hmm. what they are, but they might be a reference to Caria. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, but it's a okay. It, it was like a group of women that they were attacked. Their village was attacked, and these women stayed loyal and loyal to like their home village or whatever and so the victors who came in and destroyed made them walk out of the city carrying all of their possessions and like wearing their fine jewels and everything and so it's like they became this symbol of like holding up something and so it was it was very interesting there's no like absolute certainty on that reference but you can see it all throughout greek history they start being used and I didn't know this, and this is fascinating, and it's it seems like a purposeful choice. It does, right? Because yeah, it's these this tribe of women. They stand alone. They have this symbol of kind of being outcasts at the same time mm-hmm. because they were mm-hmm. conquered people that you know this is representative of. And I think in this one, they don't look like greek they don't look greek but they are definitely a reference to the caryatid and i think um often they're represented with like their right leg out to hold their weight and they have like they're very specifically wrapped in like a a toga type dress and you see the the fabric and that is visible in star wars if you look closely in the clone wars so how interesting i i had no idea (laughs) yeah i'd never seen it before i i always kind of looked right past it 
And the, usually the caryatid is like a bunch of pillars and they're often on the corners. But this in, in Clone Wars, there are like layers of them going back into the temple. Mm-hmm. So it's very oh my God, cool. I wonder if it's, wonder if it's a reference to like past Night Sisters. It could that hold could up the be. current. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I, I need to look this up. You know what though? Something I had forgotten is that 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 theory of them being the Korea, uh, it's kind of been disproven because the timeline doesn't work. Oh, what? Yeah, I forgot really? about that. So I there's like, like this theory though. Well, and it's still it's still possible, but they were saying that it was something that Vitruvia said, and they said that it doesn't match the dates that he was saying. But they also oh, said okay. that they could be. Um, Represented, representing young girls who danced for the goddess at her annual festival in Sparta for Artemis. Oh, okay. Okay. So, still. Either way. <laughs> yeah. There's just some interesting stuff that goes on with Death Amir. Like, Mother Telson, I know we've talked about this a little bit. She There's a theory that she might be the mother from Mortis. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The missing mother. And yeah. so I was comparing, I put side by side pictures of Mother Talzin with the sun. Oh. Oh. It's very interesting. Is and it? Oh, I have to look this up too. <laughs> they're kind of almost like opposites. And they have tattoos in similar places, but they're not the same shape by any means. But she uh-huh. does have this like tall, elongated head like the father. Like the father. <laughs> so I don't oh, know. Boy. I thought it was interesting. And, like, her robes, Mother Talzin's robes, are kind of similar to the daughter's robes. So it's almost like a mix. But I don't know. This is just, it's not close enough for me to be like, oh, yeah, that's definitely the case. Sure, yeah. But, I mean, it's kind of the same thing with uh, Corky. Yeah, exactly. It's like... I mean, there's things there, <laughs> but we don't have any definition of whether or not, you know what I mean? Exactly. You're right, like... though. Now that I see, if I compare the two, mm-hmm. that is, mm, you might be onto something. I still can't get over the fact that the sun has cloven feet. <laughs> that is that is horrifying. It's really That's... spooky. <laughs> I hate that most of all. <laughs> I really, really do. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's like a very deliberate choice, but it spooks me, honestly. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, can we talk some color theory? Absolutely. I love color theories. You bring <laughs> all this to the table, so I'm going to let you just talk. <laughs> so, in cinematography, because obviously, Death Mirror is very red. Yes. And red can be... Anger, passion, desire, all of that stuff. But it can also represent, and this is something I love because we talked about this a bit in the Empire Strikes Back theme, or um, the Empire Strikes Back cave scene episode that we did. Yeah. It could be blood. And not like gory blood, but like life. Like womb. Oh. And Mother Talzin breathes life into people exactly i'm putting it together (laughs) (laughs) so like blood is the building block of life right so it's like the whole planet and it is even described on wikipedia as bathed in blood red sunlight from the sun dome or something like that so that's cool that's wild yeah, like, I thought that was a really... I, I don't know if that's what they were thinking, obviously, but I personally 
get that vibe more than the anger and the passion and yes. rage. I get more, and not like love either. I get more of like blood is the building block of life and blood For is... Sure. I don't know. It's tied to the force maybe somehow. So I don't know. But then they bring Ventress in and they lay her on the table and then they start to heal her with the water of life, they call it. And that is super green, which is funny because water is not a color at all. Water's clear. (laughs) But green can be sickness and envy, but it's also the color of nature and healing and rebirth which is what she's going well, through right in that moment yeah and and uh maul too yes when it's his turn you yes know. exactly it's crazy <laughs> so and of course like color is not inherent the meaning of color isn't absolute it's it's definitely subjective to culture and it's subjective to the filmmakers it can mean whatever you want it to mean you just have to use it consistently True. so yeah. this is just my quick look well, at it but <laughs> i approve <laughs> it makes sense to me <laughs> it does it does make sense i think because it and they're i think um green and red are actually is it called complementary when they're opposite each other on the color wheel so it's interesting yes. that they're using those two colors together it's very deliberate i think and all of the like energy the spooky energy that they have it's all green which is all like the water of life so i thought that True. was kind of interesting so you have blood and water kind of represented there at the same place i just thought it was really really cool i don't know <laughs> we get, i mean blood and water that those are the those are the components of life yeah like you can't have blood without water right and you can't function as a human <laughs> without either so right. interesting very interesting it makes me think about like Luke's saber and Vader's saber. Yeah, right. In Return of the Jedi, so like l- literally life is fighting against death or like Luke's clinging to the Force and and Vader is like a dead Jedi. Yeah. Technically until he isn't. But then, you know. Yeah. It's it so it cool. just works in Star Wars. It works. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Thanks for explaining all of that. I love when you bring the film shit to the table. <laughs> it's my favorite part. I love doing it. It's really fun. But I didn't do much cinematography looking. I was really just kind of more captured by the colors. And here I am distracted by pajamas. So, I mean. No, I fuck. was too. I wrote down the funny pajamas. <laughs> I actually wrote it down. It was definitely something that stuck out to me. <laughs> good, good. Um, I did look up kind of the roots, too, of the word Dathomir because... Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, I love word stuff. Yeah, I've never really thought about it before. So I, I, I know mir is like a root, like a, a Latin root. So I looked that up and mir means to wonder. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of interesting. It's also a German word or pronoun for like the self, like me. Oh, so it, I interesting. I don't know what, they're, what they were going for, whether it was German or Latin. But um, the word death actually... It's kind of cool. There is like an actual like word that is, it's an attribute of things that results from the light they reflect. So it's basically Ooh. like, right? I was like, yes. that's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> so how interesting if you put it all together. Right. 
And like the fact that it's it's not just the Night Sisters planet. There's other force wielders and other clans and stuff that live on Dathomir, but it's this whole idea of like it's kind of a reflection of power and energy and also like and the self. Yes. Yeah. It's so cool. How cool. But then there's also like a, a Hebrew, like a Bible ref- reference to death, which I think they might pronounce doth. I, I don't know. It's okay. hard for me to say it. But it's it's a decree or a law or a regulation, an edict, something like that. So oh. I wasn't sure that that was part of it, but it might be. You never know. Oh, I like the other one better. Fits, I do too. Fits better. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone who pays attention to Lord of the Rings, there's a lot of names with Mir at the end. Yeah. And I was just thinking of that too. So So it's even if it's if it's if it's wonder or if it's me, like either way, I think that works really well for Lord of the Rings and Star Wars. Yeah, for sure. I was wondering like what is the time that but if it's Latin then then uh Tolkien was able to reference it easily. Yeah. So. And like Latin in Tolkien's writing makes sense. There are German references in Star Wars, like Vader, obviously, is right father. So, and who knows? I know that the the Night Sisters were kind of invented or at least fleshed out by George Lucas's daughter. She was oh. writing for Clone Wars at this time, so she kind of developed Ventress's character more and did the whole. I think she's a like a, a witchy person i'm not sure 100 percent, but i got that vibe from her when i saw her interview and so she wanted to like bring that into star wars and bring witches into star wars specifically so i thought it was kind well, of fun <laughs> she must be very happy that the witch aspect has shown up now in live action <laughs> yes <And> i know <laughs> the highest compliment right to to keep it going outside of an animation yeah and it's really cool it is i i love the aspect i I do caution the evilness factor because of all of the problems. Yeah. The connotation of between women and witches and the burning and the whole thing, the whole history. Yeah, because witch is a term used. It's a derogatory term oftentimes. So, yeah. But witches have made a a, a comeback Mm -hmm. as far as Harry Potter and if you yes. look anywhere on YouTube, Instagram, there's a thing called witchcore. Oh, yeah. Remember us talking about yes. like cottagecore and then normcore, which is George Lucas, George Lucas as himself? Normcore, yes. Yeah, there's, there's witchcore, and I looked at it because I was like, what is this? And it's actually quite nice. It's pretty, it's, yeah. It is. It's, it's uh, individuals using herbs and harvesting and making things and being quite you know in tune with nature that's the kind of shit i like when it comes to witches yeah it's usually like witchcraft now is a more of like a, a nature-based practice mm-hmm. and i don't know I, I wouldn't say any of the witches i know are casting evil spells or no. raising people from the dead but you know what we don't need to <laughs> there's enough evil <laughs> on its own so <laughs> evil doesn't need the help of some individual boiling chamomile. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> they just want to get to bed at night like the rest of us. It's <laughs> true. <laughs> I wonder if Mother Talzin made any kind of sleeping pill or sleep aid. She just 
put her finger on your forehead and you just pass the fuck out. Can I hire her, please? You know who else we've seen do that is Mace who? Windu, basically. Oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> and I think they actually have an episode together in season six and it, like... Mace Windu and Mother Talzin together makes a weird kind of sense to me. I don't know why. It does, though. It does, though. It's kind of like Ventress and Obi-Wan when they're together. There's a weird chemistry. Yes. Yeah. Like, you don't want to consider it, but it's there, so you have to consider it. And it's like, oh, it's not bad. Yeah. It's not bad. It's actually pretty entertaining. <laughs> yeah. Same with Windu and, and Talzin. Yeah. Oh, my it's... God, though. I don't even want to. <laughs> Windu. I know. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Yeah, I, I will say that one of the coolest aspects of this episode, for me, is the fact that we get to see um, an animated take on partially visible people, like the yes. silhouettes when they infiltrate Dooku's palace. Yes, we haven't even talked about that. You're right. I, I love that, how it looks, how they make it look. It's kind of like a smoke. Yeah. A smoky, blurry. That must have been so difficult to, to develop. Yes, that's my question. How do you do that? Because it's almost like you're smudging. It's like they smudged it out. So yeah. I, I would love to know the technicality behind creating that. Like you said, it's got to be difficult, but how fun. Well, and they, they said fabric was even difficult, which is why they stayed away from putting people in cloaks a lot. And this yeah. is like an undulating face. Yeah. Like the edges moved when they got like a close up on Ventress. Like it wasn't solid. It was constantly fluttering. Yeah. It must have cost a fortune to render that. It was crazy. I I really do love all of that and like Dooku being kind of drowsy. And yeah. he I never realized this, but he utters he utters the same phrase that what's his name uses in Rebels with I don't need my eyes to see who. Oh, Kanan oh, jars. Kanan, yeah, yeah. He didn't need his eyes to see either. And and like, first of all, Dooku gets super pissed off at himself, and I I totally sympathize. <laughs> he's like he's struggling to try and see, and then he suddenly remembers. Well, wait a second. I'm better than that. I don't need to use my eyes to see. He makes it like this declaration. You know, I'm better than this. Basically, is what he's saying. Oh but God, I did yeah. like the connection between. So he lost his sight for the most part, and he still did evil. But Cain and Jarus had no eyesight, but he used it for good. Yeah. So anyway, that's a great parallel. I haven't watched it. I haven't seen this arc since like running through, and then I saw Rebels and everything that came after. I haven't yeah. rewatched this one, and so I was like, oh, I know what. <laughs> I get it. I make that connection. <laughs> yeah, it's so. I don't know. It's but so I love the whole fight scene. I know they used a little dart and stab yes. him while he's sleeping. And here's my question: Why didn't you just poison him with a dart? Me, Period. Me too. I was wondering this. It's like I guess because she wants the satisfaction of killing True. him herself. Well, that's always True. the way you're gonna like give them an extra moment to fight back and die. <laughs> Correct. Correct. You're gonna fail. Yeah, it's like you, you gotta have the head. You gotta bring the head back in order to prove that you killed him or something. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, if they have a dart that that slows them down, number one, make it stronger. If you still <laughs> yeah. need to bring proof and have that moment, double up. You know, paralyze them or something. I don't <laughs> yeah. know. Anyway, I was just like, come on, you could have done this, but Ventress was right there. I know she was so close that she forgot about the Force Lightning. Oh, yeah, and that was, like, some of the most intense force lightning he's ever thrown at anybody. Oh, yeah. That was angry. That was very angry self-defense. Yeah. 
Oh no, you don't, Force Lightning. He looked, <laughs> he looked scary as fuck when he, he was did. Doing that. He did. There was that small hesitation right before he did it, where you thought Ventress yeah. was gonna. I mean, obviously I we know. know how Dooku meets his end, but yeah. yeah. They're like bringing, he's like bringing him in a little bit closer. Yeah, just a little bit closer. And, and then yeah. I, I love after he like throws them out the window and they're falling down the cliff and Ventress catches his sisters and they fall to the bottom. Yeah. And they're like, he's more powerful than we thought. And Ventress is like, I warned you. It was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> just, that's why it was up to her to finish the job, even though she couldn't. Yeah, I like that she's, like, just playing the blame game. Like, I told you, but you didn't listen. (laughs) Sisters. True sisters, right? (laughs) (laughs) I love this episode. I love this whole arc. It's sad. Yeah. It's amazing. It's deep. And we get depth to a character that, like you said in the beginning of this episode, is kind of introduced as a villain, and then we get layers you yeah. know I love me some layers. I love the layers. It'll be interesting. I, I want to talk a little bit about Mother Talzin and Maul and why she hates the Sith so much, but I might save it for the next episode because... Okay. Isn't that where they go and find Savage? Yes. Yeah, so I'll save yeah. it for the next one. <laughs> well, good. There, There's your cliffhanger, folks. Come on back <laughs> next week. <laughs> <laughs> So our question for you this week, what were your thoughts the first time you saw Dathomir and all the Night Sisters? Did you love yeah. it? Did it creep you out? <laughs> yeah. Were you afraid? <laughs> <laughs> Tell us your thoughts and we will read them next week. Yes. And next week, we kind of already said we're continuing this arc with the second episode in this Ventress centric art and it's cut it's titled Monster. So we're gonna get into all of that, which this this arc is kinda heavy. Yeah. There's a lot to there's a lot to dive into. So join us next week. We'll continue the discussion. We hope you join us. Last week we were talking about music. We were chatting about our favorite pieces from Star Wars, and we actually yes. got a lot of feedback. But my favorite one is from my dad. Yes. <laughs> so I'm going to read you what my dad sent me. I asked him to comment because he's a musician and he loves Star Wars. And he loves John Williams. So I was like, tell me your thoughts, dad. <laughs> I already know what this is. So I'm just going to absorb <laughs> it all because he is precious. This is so this is so nice. Yeah. So he said, there are so many wonderful musical themes from Star Wars. It's hard to choose only one favorite. That said, the Star Wars main theme with the opening crawl is top of my list. I saw the film at its opening release in 1977 and remember sitting in the dark theater waiting for the movie to begin and then bang! Yes. (laughs) That first note of the opening fanfare and the flash of the the text Star Wars penetrated the dark, quiet theater. I had never seen anything like that before. Sitting there, reading the story of the Rebellion and the Empire, the music served to transport you to another time and place where you get dropped into a starship battle in outer space. Wow. (laughs) How's that for setting the stage? I love that so much. That's something I kind of take for granted. That the first time people ever saw it, they'd never heard that music before. 
No. And it really does come in with a bang. I mean, it is <laughs> every instrument all at once. Like, it's epic. It sets the stage for it's a galactic epic story. Yeah. And, and like, you hear it from someone who saw it, like, and it's original. I just, I think it's so cool. It's so cool. So he goes on to say, I suggest the opening theme is similar to an overture at the opera. It provides short excerpts of the themes used during the rest of the movie. John Williams said it was the last piece of the soundtrack he did, and it makes sense that he would incorporate what he had already composed to give the audience a musical glimpse of what's coming up in the next two hours. All that's really needed is that first note of the opening fanfare, and people around the world could tell you what the music is. If that's not iconic, I don't know what is. I like it because it sets the tone for the rest of the movie, and as a former trumpet player, I love the brass flourishes. <laughs> yes. Well, we got feedback from our friend Ben. He sent me uh, something from Rebels. I think it was like Sabine's theme, something mm, like that. Mm -hmm, and then mm -hmm. it was uh, Across the Stars got mentioned quite a lot. That is a oh, favorite yeah. of a lot of people. So, yes. As we said, Star Wars music is just freaking iconic. So, it's. And it, 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 there isn't a bad piece. Mm-mm. There really is. At isn't. all. Thank you to everyone who submitted. And thank you to Lauren's dad for yeah. sharing that with us. Thank you, Dad. Love you. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us here on the Most Things Kenobi podcast. We appreciate every single one of our patrons and are grateful for your support. We appreciate every single one of our patrons and are grateful for your support. If you'd like to support the podcast and become a patron as well, head over to the Most Things Kenobi Patreon. As always, you can follow us on Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, and don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast player. If you enjoy our podcast, feel free to rate us on Spotify and Apple. And if you need just one place to find all of these, head over to mostthingskenobi.com. So until next time, my space twin, may the force be with you. Always. <laughs>